Yo, yo, it is time once again, but in a different platform, in a different setting. The Round Ball Revolution podcast is here. I am Matt Rosato, joined by the one and only John McNish. What is going on, John? Oh, you know, no big deal. Just launched our new website today. Typical, typical Monday. Dropping bombs on a Monday. Can't believe it. It's insane. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty great. Uh, I have wanted to have my own website since I was, you know, quote unquote, discovered by uh, by Steph Driver a few years ago when I was writing for Sons of Penn. And uh, today's that today's that day where that dream became reality. That's it. That's it, man. And and yeah, like I said, this is the Round Ball Revolution podcast. So basically, we were the Sixer Revolution podcast, uh, and now we're launching alongside a website the round ball revolution website uh that you guys will be able to check out today as well um and we are the podcast version uh john is the uh managing editor of the website i'm co-creator and uh the host of the show and co-host of the show with john uh we're gonna do this we're gonna do it big for you guys uh the website's all sixers for now but the podcast we're gonna do both we're gonna do the sixers but then we're also gonna talk nba and uh, you know, we we thought after doing the Sixer Revolution podcast that this would be this would be a good way to go because so much happens in the NBA. That, but we're so passionate about the Sixers. This is a good middle ground. Hey, John. Exactly. We both love basketball, uh, but we love the Sixers first and foremost. So we figured it would be a gr- the best idea for everybody, especially us, to talk about everything and not really restrict ourselves just to talking about our team, uh, the Seventy Sixers. So that's right. Very excited to get into uh, talking about the league as a whole, where it's headed, uh, what's going on in it, and uh, just very exciting stuff all around right now. Absolutely, man. So, uh, yeah, basically what we're going to do every week is we're going to get into it. We're going to uh, talk Sixers. We're going to talk Sixers, and then we're going to talk Sixers. Um, and then after that's done, we're going to break down the NBA, um, which, I mean, we're going to do that for you today as well. Uh, so it's going to be it's gonna be pretty awesome. But uh, we definitely um, want to start out by uh, – you know, just expressing our gratitude and basically just laying out what got us to this point. Um, you know, a little bit about what everybody's going to be doing that's, uh, you know, joining us for this adventure and uh, and how you guys can join in and, and help us out and, uh, and uh, engage with us. So, uh, John, uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the process of Round Ball Revolution. So the reason that we started Round Ball Revolution was we don't really feel like there is a website uh, – for the Sixers in Philly that covers the team uh, comprehensively. So what that means is everybody pretty much does game like game recaps. You know, every, every but most people watch the game, so recaps aren't as huge of a deal as I think everybody assumes that they are. Uh, so we we are going to have those, but we're also going to be talking about the team uh, at every level, talking about the coaches, talking about the players, talking about possible future players. Uh, we're going to be talking about some trade like speculation for trades. We're going to be talking about how the team impacts the community and how they uh, relate culturally to their fan base. You know, Philadelphia is a very diverse city. 
uh, with a lot of different people, a lot of different uh, backgrounds, and a lot of different uh, tax brackets, we'll say. So uh, we, you know, we want to see how they, how the team affects all of those uh, people. In fact, one of my, uh, one of my launch articles is about uh, how the team interacts with their fans and why the fans have developed such, you know, a, an intense bond with the, with guys who re- they really either haven't seen or haven't seen much of, uh, like Joel Embiid and how he's basically a cult hero who's only played thirty games and because the, he can engage with the fans on twitter and instagram and people love him for that uh so i you know have a nice launch piece that uh goes into all of that um so you're going to be able to read all of that at roundballrev.com um <clears throat> and then you'll be able to follow us on twitter at roundball underscore rev and uh if you have any questions comments or concerns you can email us at roundballrev at gmail.com heck yeah man yeah we're gonna probably say those uh, a lot uh, we're gonna have, uh, you know, we're gonna take mailbag questions and things like that. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, the passion, man, that's what brought us here. I mean, we're as passionate as it comes. Um, we wanted to, you know, also said we probably would have, you know, up to four co-hosts during this, uh, during the show. I have two kids, and uh, John has two dogs, and they very well could be on this show throughout the year. So you guys could look forward to that. Uh, uh, I have two sons, Odin and Nash, and John has two dogs. Samson and Talon, right? Yep, that's right. That's right, man. And and they want to make guest appearances. They're just as passionate about the team as we are, um, and they're also just as crazy. So uh, you know, and they all throw up. So you know, it's the same thing: poops and throw ups and cleaning and and real life here. We're doing it from home. I'm in Florida. He's in Jersey. We're kicking it to you guys uh, live. You know, the Six of Revolution podcast started as something uh, so small, and you know, this is a little little bit bigger than that. But uh, but the passion is is just as immense and uh you know we have a, a big team with us uh, a lot of guys with us um and uh it's it's gonna be nuts uh looking forward to it got my season uh six or season tickets looking forward to making at least a third of the games this year hopefully uh and uh being able to cheer on my team from the southwest florida region where it's hot as um as balls continuously um and i'm hoping that the sixers are hot uh, throughout the entire uh, season uh, with Ben Simmons coming back healthy and uh, and things of that nature. Uh, John, uh, tell us uh, who are the other guys that we got coming on board with us? Uh, we have a lot of really talented writers. We actually have a pretty large staff for uh, launch. We have uh, 15 or 16 writers. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Uh, but, Something like that. Uh, most of our writers I've, we've worked with in the past. Uh, Matt and I both started um, – or both were with Long Drive, uh, phillyaltlongdrive.com last year, a blog platform where we uh, were introduced, um, both writing about the Sixers there and one of we have a few writers from that staff. Ed Roseboro is going to be our uh, is going to be an editor and writer for us. Uh, very talented guy, very fun guy. Uh, ja- Ed. Jared pa- shout out Jared Palo, who's basically the uh, the best one of the best Phillies writers I've known, is also an incredibly talented basketball writer. Um, very passionate about the Sixers. We have a lot of guys, uh, some some younger guys like Braden Smith, who's a Temple student, who is excellent. Very, uh, very exciting young writer. He's got a lot of potential. Very excited to see what he's putting out. Um, and our website is designed by Steve Myers, a very talented guy. Also did all, also did all of our logos. Uh, he's going to be doing some editing for us as well. So that's our uh, pretty much our brain trust. 
We have some other uh, talented writers as well. Jeremy Lupowitz, Clay Sauerteague, um, Marty Teller. A lot of good guys up and down the road. Um, oh, yeah. So we're really excited to uh, to share our, the way we see the team with everyone. And we're very, very excited for you guys to read it. Yeah, and we've, we've been talking with these guys for a few months now. And uh, let me just first tell you that we all disagree on a lot of things. So our opinions differ. Me and John created this podcast because we think a lot alike on things. Uh, he breaks things down uh, more of a analytically. I'm more of an emotional, exciting type of, of of sports fan passion and craziness. I mean, he's just as passionate, but the you know he's more of a, a realist um, of sorts. But these guys that we talk to, their opinions vary, and you're going to be able to connect with one of them at least on every level, no matter what topic we're talking about. And it's it's really exciting to have that um, sort of uh, you know ideology you know in there where. No matter what, if we disagree, we can talk about it and, and keep moving forward. There's not a lot of, um, you know, animosity or anything like that because we're all just so passionate about the game and we're all so uh, excited to, to be a part of something so, uh, you know, so big. Um, you know, just because of the fact that it, it is the Sixers and it is time for the process to to uh, move along. And our process from long drive to uh, the Sixer revolution to now is, is pretty – it's pretty evident and uh actually that's one of my first pieces so you guys will be able to check that out too uh today on the website so uh, uh i haven't really wrote a lot recently but i do have that journalism degree so make sure uh you grade me on that pretty well and uh tell me if i if i still got it because i got that piece of paper on the wall but but who knows if i still got it uh john's gonna have to tell you guys uh in the next couple of weeks if i still got it or he's gonna have to kick me out or something <laughs> <laughs> we'll see it's early yep yeah, it's early. It's true. I can still do the podcast, though. We'll see. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, let's let's talk Sixers. Uh, it's exciting, man. It's an exciting time here. Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, but let's let's always talk about the uh, the most important person, um, uh, the, the catalyst of, of all of our lives and the reason why we're so excited for the season. Chris Humphreys. Uh, Yes, Chris Humphreys. Uh, no, we'll we'll, we'll uh, skip over that. We'll get into him a little bit later. We'll have a few minutes to talk. But uh, Joel Embiid uh, recently uh, not technically cleared for five on fives yet. So a uh, little mass hysteria um, on the Twitter Twitter sphere. Um, John, uh, what are your takeaways from that, man? Uh, I I've definitely read some pieces where there are a lot. Of, there's a lot of doomsday uh, talk going on right now. That you know he's still really hurt and not going to be ready and i get people being you know nervous about it and having their reservations but i really just think that they're being extra careful with them and they don't want to clear them for five on five until i would say either the start of training camp or the start of preseason i don't really think that it's the end of the universe i think that everything's going to be fine um He's been working out all summer. He looks great. He's having a lot of fun. He's back on Twitter, which is you know where he need where he needed to be. He's in the gym every day, uh, so I'm I'm not really worried about it. I think we're gonna get a 100% Joel Embiid uh, at the start of the season, and that's you know the best thing that we could really ask for. Absolutely, I agree. I mean, I just think that people need to need basketball back like tomorrow. 
So <laughs> for sure, I mean, and I, I understand people being guarded because of how the last few years have gone. Um, everybody should, like is understandably nervous about somebody getting hurt because somebody has gotten hurt like every year and multiple guys all over the place. But we have a new vice president of player care or whatever they're calling it um, from Barcelona. From Barcelona, who's very fancy. And it's really nice to have to not to not have the exact same medical staff as we had last year that turned, you know, a three week injury into season ending. So that was exciting. Yeah, I feel like he'll have like the common sense to be like, hey, like this is going to be a while. So let's just go ahead and say it's going to be a while on that injury there. Uh, let's just go ahead and announce that. Yeah, I feel like that that logic it, uh, won't pass him, especially because he, he one of the most richest uh, sports franchises in all the uh, all of the world. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, really with Embiid, it's just I think it's I think it's being a a, a small portion overblown because there's so many different things that that factor into it. You got the is he holding out because he wants to make sure that he's not injured so he can get max money or. You know, is you know, is he just faking it, or are the doctors playing games, or is this, or is this, or blah blah blah? Like, the reality of the situation is this: Joel Embiid will play this year, in in a game in the NBA. That's just that's going to happen. Just he's going just to one. suit up. Yeah, no, he's going to play, <laughs> and uh, uh, the team is exciting. Like, it's not gonna, like, it's one of those situations where there. I think the the big thing is that people are sad, like. like it's a, almost a like a damning thing to feel like if he's already dealing with an injury and he has to go out and carry the load like he did last year, it's kind of scary and, and like worrisome. When the reality of the situation is, is Embiid's going to have to do half the work uh, that he did last year this year, and he's going to be just maybe two times as effective, the same or two times as effective as he was last year because of all the talent that's going to join him on the basketball court. And people don't realize that. It's so exciting. It's so amazing that he's going to be able to, you know, rest more. He's going to be able to, uh, you know, play with his back to the basket a little bit more and, and show off those moves. Uh, he's not, you know, the pick and rolls and stuff is going to be a little bit easy for him because they're going to have to crash so hard on Simmons and Fultz. And it's it's going to be fun basketball, man. And Embiid's going to play. You know, it's just it's it's a matter of when. You don't have to get too crazy about it. But uh, I don't feel like there's any, uh, you know, uh, ulterior motives by him and his camp, though. You know what I mean? If he was healthy enough to get cleared by the doctors, he would be cleared because the agent doesn't control if he's cleared to play basketball at five on five or not. That's something that's controlled by the team and the team doctors. So they would be they would announce that if he was cleared. Um, so I, I don't really think it has anything to do with his contract situation. Uh, maybe like the tiniest bit. Maybe the team is holding him out a little bit just because they want to make sure he's healthy. Um, and it's just so that they know how much they're going to have to pay him. But I, oh, snap. I got a, fu- I got a funny anecdote real quick. Uh, Embiid likes Real Madrid though. So what if the Barcelona doctor came in and is lying and is not clearing him, even though he could be cleared because he likes Real Madrid and not Barcelona. Hmm. Conspiracy just, theories abound. Conspiracy, conspiracy theories abound, dude. You heard it here first. <laughs> But uh, one thing I wanted to get into was you, you mentioned his name in your last bit, um, Ben Simmons. People have not seen him play in a year, and everybody is really forgetting how good Ben Simmons is. And so good. He's very good. He is so good at basketball. It's ridiculous. He's a taller, more athletic Magic Johnson. 
and I, you know, I would say, oh, you know, maybe that's a little hyperbolic, but I don't care. I'm prone to hyperbole, just like everybody else. He is Magic Johnson, only bigger and faster and stronger. And you're just going to have to live with that. <laughs> facts only. Yeah, if he develops uh, if he only. develops a reliable mid- mid-range to three or three-point jump shot, he's going to be the most unstoppable player in the league. I don't, like, bar none. You know, I don't care. He's got LeBron's skill set, and if he has a jumper, nobody's going to be able to even think about stopping him. So I'm just very excited to see that on the court with the other cornerstone pieces. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's going to be so fun to watch because I don't know how I really don't know how you're supposed to put it all together. I don't know how you're supposed to guard it all, but I know that it, there's going to be some growing and you can't get too excited and can't be um, you know, uh super exaggerated and um unrealistic, but you know, it, the team is coming together. There's so many pieces that, you know, last year uh, when we talked basketball, I was like, oh, Embiid is so good. And, like, Simmons is going to be good when he comes back. But, like, look at Embiid. He's so good. And then, like, we were so excited about Saric. And, you know, but, like, these guys are here. And, like, they're talking about Simmons as if he's, like, created the cure for cancer, like, on the basketball court. Yeah. They're just amazed by the player that he's become already. That's the most exciting thing about Simmons is that he's, you know, he's already been cleared for 5-on-5. Five five and uh, Colangelo announced this week no minute restrictions are foreseen for Ben Simmons, so he's just going to be able to step on a gas and just start throwing down on people every week, and I couldn't be more excited to see that. Like, last year when we were t- when we started this podcast at the beginning of the season, we were talking about um, about Embiid and how excited we, are, we were to finally see him play, and, you know, we thought we still thought we were going to see Simmons, and unfortunately that didn't work out, but I couldn't be happier with the player that Joel Embiid was while he was on the court, and he's going to play 68 games this year, and going to he's going to be a, ter- a terror. Um, so I'm really excited about that and seeing those guys all together. Because when you think about the keystone pieces on this team, you have Embiid, you have Simmons, you have Fultz, um, you know, and then you can throw in Dario and Covington and even Redick, even though he's only on a one-year deal. I have a feeling he's going to be so open so much of the time that he's going to take a deal to stay uh, for a couple years after this at a lower rate. Yeah. Uh, which is really exciting. Um, so I like those pieces all seem like they fit like on paper, you know, Fultz can do everything. He can shoot, he can handle, he can drive the basket. He can run the pick and roll, um, you know, set up an offense. Simmons can do everything on the court, everything except maybe except shoot, but we'll figure that out later. Um, <laughs> Embiid can literally do anything on the on the basketball court. He's the he was the best uh, defensive big man in the league last year in his first season. Uh, he was rid- a ridiculous like focal point on offense. He can pass. He can shoot. He can drive. He's ridiculous. He's gonna tight. He probably tightened up the handle while he was gone, and then nobody's gonna have a chance against him. And with him not having to shoulder so much of the burden on offense, he's gonna be more effective because he's gonna have more energy to do everything all the time. Like, he won't be getting tired. He won't be having to force things. Uh, I'm just very excited about that. Um, Dario has been really had a really great summer playing overseas uh, in Eurobasket. Um, so I'm really excited to see him with the guys too. He's going to be an absolute like nuclear weapon on the second unit. Yeah, let's let's um let's talk about that. Um, I want to get into some other stuff with the Sixers, but let's talk Dario because 
Dario is like I think he's actually a machine sent from like a weird like alien race to just like he's from play Sk- basketball. He's from, he's from Skynet. He's a Terminator. And to never ever get off the basketball court and play at the same speed and do the same exact stuff over and over. But he just continues to improve and it's just it's just unbelievable. Yeah, he, I, like everybody's penciling him into the starting lineup, but I don't really think that you need that. He's still going to play, you know, no. 25 30 minutes a night and he's going to be more effective because he's going against lesser competition this year than having to carry the whole offense on his own basically, which is what he had to do for the second most pretty much the whole second half last year. Um, so it's going to be really nice to see him, you know, just be able to run the second unit and just pick teams apart. Uh, his IQ is so ridiculous, his intensity is so high. Like the Basically, he's going to be playing against teams that are similar to what he played against in Eurobasket, and he ba- averaged a double double in the tournament and was throttling people most nights. His the game where they got eliminated, you know, he had a rough night, but uh, it seemed he seemed a little worn down from shouldering so much of the load there. So I, I have a feeling that he's going to be really impressive. Uh, we're t- yes. like six man of the year impressive. Yeah, that and that's year. and that's the thing is like. He did it this year and last year. People didn't realize, but he did it at the um, at FIBA too. Yep. Is like he played like 38 minutes per game in a 40 minute game, and played, you know, basically and shouldered the load for his team. I know he didn't score the most, but he was the the most impactful, blocking Gasol, locking down Ante Dacumpo when it mattered uh, later late in the game, uh, playing big minutes, doing big things, making good passes. Like there were times in Eurobasket where he made like three amazing passes and nobody would hit the jump shot this year and I'm like oh my god I'm like these passes should be assists and they're not assists and I'm like this guy is so good and it just he continues to improve his jumper is I mean his jumper is continues continues to improve but it, it obviously it's not perfect but it's it continues to improve and the thing about Dario that that never ever ceases to amaze me is that his motor. Like, he's not the quickest guy. He doesn't have the highest, uh, you know, uh, horizontal speed, but his motor is always going, and it's always the same speed. So later in the game, when we have a crazy lineup in, where he's he's in with Embiid, and he's in with, you know, uh, Covington and Simmons, and they have a weird lineup in, and they're trying to just pound it in, he's going to be so effective. He's going to be so effective on whoever they put on him, and he'll be able to put his back to the basket and just go to work. Or he'll be able to just man up on whoever they want him to just body on. And he'll be able to just do it because he's going to be playing less minutes. He's going to be able to get rest because he's so used to shouldering that load. And he's and he's so young and he's so and he's so loyal. And um, and I was going to um, I'm going to say this a little bit later uh, when we break down kind of like the team's uh, team's character this year. But uh, but he's so even keel and like. He's great for the locker room, man. And, and he's it's, also it's, it's awesome. adorable. Like, his personality. Like, <laughs> everyone on the team loves this dude because he's so, like, friendly. And he, and the, like you said, he's very even. Like, he's always – he's like he, – everybody thinks he's so funny and friendly. And he gives interviews and talks about how much all the guys on the team like each other and how much they all hang out. And that he doesn't think that that's something that a lot of teams have and that's what's going to make them special. Uh, and, you know, his little – like broken English slip ups everywhere are like really great. And I just love them. I could listen to his interviews all day, every day and be happy for the rest of my life. And maybe I will someday, but as it stands right now, he's a guy that I'm, I think that we're really lucky to have. And he's definitely going to win at least one six man of the year uh, award in his career. The first could be as soon as this year. Absolutely. And yeah, no, um, 
let's uh let's head into that though i, I, I mentioned it briefly but uh but i want to talk uh about the goals for the year but but really let's let's take a look real quick because we have some time let's break down the roster makeup and i want to get your take on this um this is something we haven't discussed yet so i want to come at you with it fresh because i feel like it's a pretty pretty cool thing that i i kind of just thought about and it's really common knowledge but it's it's pretty cool if you think about it <clears throat> um you have this you have this team and you got the you have the six or seven guys that are going to be you know kind of the focal point of the team you've got two um, pretty wild guys you got simmons and Embiid who are wild on social media they're pretty involved you know they're they're they like to smack talk they want to dunk on lonzo ball they want his dad to like see it and like they want to talk smack to him like in la in his face whatever and then you got Fultz, you got covington you got uh sarge these even killed like don't really smile too much like uh, like all like on the court type thing and then they're like super happy off the court like they have their own little personalities and stuff and then you have these vet guys that they brought in and amir johnson and um jj who you know kind of just fit that perfectly it looks like not only do the skill sets match up but the personalities of the team really match up. Like it looks like a team that will grow not only as a basketball unit, but as like as like a team, as like a team that's going to play well and play Spurs like basketball. Shouts out to Brett Brown and his amazing be- new beard that I saw the other oh day. Oh my I was god! Impressed. I was really happy when I saw a picture of him with the beard because that makes me feel like I have like one thing in common with him. Because exactly. most of the time, I feel like Brett Brown and I are not the same species because of how great he is, and him having a beard just <laughs> makes me feel it makes me feel closer to Brett. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's like you got Dad Brett Brown with his beard, just hanging out with all the kids. You got the crazy kids, you got the cool kids, and then you got the older older kids, just kind of making sure that everything's cool. Yeah, like, I feel like it's like the perfect mixture. So, like, if the crazy kids get too crazy, something needs to go down. Then you know the 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 silent kids will have their back, and then the older kids will be like, "Yo, we just need to relax. Let's just let's just keep it going." And it's the makeup it looks good. And then I mean, the all the guys coming off the bench, uh, you know, Rashawn, uh, TLC, and company. It's just it's it's I I have no I have no qualms except for the vegan on our on our team. Honestly, <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I like one. If Okafor is still here, you know, I obviously like want him to improve to the point where he's like a useful player. I don't see that happening, you know, in this lifetime. But I would love to be surprised. I really would. I would love to be like blown away by, you know, his development in the offseason because he lost a bunch of weight and got in good shape and, you know, is much quicker. We'll see. Probably not, you know. Um, but I think the way that the roster is constructed, they could, they could, they can really do some damage. They have a good mix of, uh, youth and veterans now. Uh, they have, you know, the starting lineup is probably going to be pretty concrete. I think Fultz is for sure uh, the starting point guard, even though everybody keeps thinking that they're going to start TJ or Bayless or, so- or something for God knows what reason, like to make Fultz, you know, quote unquote earn it. But he is so much better than those guys that there is no way that he is not the starting point guard. Or not like, True. you know, point guard. Like they're not really going to have a lot of traditional positions on the floor this year. Um, actually we kind of like glossed out like two of, uh, Jeremy Lupowitz are one of our writers. His launch articles are about Brett Brown and about teams playing positionless basketball in the league. So check those out. But I think that, you know, the starting lineup of Fultz, 
uh, Redick, Covington, Simmons, and Embiid is pretty much locked in. And then you're going to have uh, some in, you know, God knows what order, but Dario, Jared Bayless, uh, Rashawn, uh, you know, TLC, Maz, Justin Anderson, like those guys are going to be coming off the bench. Stauskas, uh, depending on who makes the team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, and, you know, TJ, I'm sure he'll play a few minutes here and there and be, you know, the towel. He's going to be the towel waiver on the bench, though, is my, uh, that's his role. That should be, should be his role for most mm-hmm. of the time in the league. Because, you know, it seems like everybody likes him. He's, you know, he's fine. Everybody went to his wedding and had a blast and all that good stuff. And who knows who else makes the team, like James Blackman. I didn't really think he showed me a lot in summer league, so I was pretty surprised that they gave him a contract. Um, I, you know, James Michael McAdoo is, you know, whatever. He's fine, I guess. Kind of an, an inspiring use of the two-way contract. Um, you know, who knows if Splitter's going to make the deal. They just signed Jacob Pullen and uh, Chris Humphreys. So who knows who makes it, who else makes the team at the end of the bench, but those guys probably aren't going aren't to see a ton of minutes anyway. Um, so that's not really a huge concern for me. But they have good guys at every le- at every position, at every level, guys who can step in and play. Uh, you know, Amir Johnson is is a legit player. Uh, he could he can really do some things for you as your third, uh, your third four or five or fifth bi- fifth big basically. Um, as he can play, yeah, I think he'll have position. an impact. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he'll have an impact. I think I think he'll be fine. He's you know he's thirty years old now, so playing fewer minutes as you know the fifth big is is going to be fine for him. And he's going to be playing behind Simmons, Dario, uh, Rashawn, and Embiid. So I think that'll be fine for him. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's that's like an ideal role for him if I if you know we're being real with each other, um, mm-hmm. and I, I you know I like Bayless as Fultz's backup because they he's a, he's basically a smaller less athletic version of Fultz honestly he can sh- he can shoot he can create um, you know he play he plays really hard he's I I've always liked Bayless since he came out of Arizona but I really uh, I I really think he's going to be a good you know spark offensive spark plug. Playing with Dario uh, off the bench, I like that pair a lot, honestly. Um, and then we'll see we'll see how the wings sort out uh, in camp. Absolutely. So, John, break it down for me, man. What's your what's your realistic goal and goal for the season uh, at the end of um, the year? Where are the Sixers going to be sitting? I just want to. We'll have done. So my goal is that I want everybody to be healthy, and that's such like a cop out, but it's so true. I just like don't want anybody. I don't want anybody to get hurt, and they because they Lame. they deserve they deserve to be healthy for a year. <laughs> but no, I also think I also think that if they say if if they're healthy, they win forty five games, at least, and there are you know six or so in the East. You know, because they'll probably have an adjustment period at the beginning, and the beginning of the schedule is so tough that they'll probably they'll be lucky to be around 500 after the first 10 games. But then I think that they're really gonna, you know, figure it out and come alive and start, you know, bowing teams down for a little while. Yeah. So I think that I think that that'll be they'll be they'll be they'll be a lot of fun to watch. They'll run a lot of different sets that we really haven't seen before because they have a lot of options and things that they can do. Um, Ben Simmons will throw at least five passes that make you rewind your television, uh, like more than not one, during the game though. Like more than go back and do it during commercial. Like more than one time, yeah. Like you, like on your DVR because I DVR, I DVR all the games. I'm a huge nerd. But there you go. 
when I rewatch the games, I'm I'll, I'm sure that he will have you know at least five passes this year that where I have to watch them at least ten times to figure out how he did it and how he fit the ball where he did. I'm very excited about that. Heck yeah! So you said like forty five games, healthy, fifth or sixth seed. Yeah, I would. I I think that you know if everything goes right for them, uh, like every, if like best case scenario everything breaks right, they win forty eight games and they're like the like the four seed. <clears throat> Good. Well, it's so funny that you say that because I'm like around the same. I said 46 games, about the fourth seed. And uh, this is so funny because I was thinking about it the other day. I was looking at the schedule. And I think this is a weird comparison to make, but I think it's a pretty good one. So basically what they did was all of their talent is coming together in one season. And it's going to be a little bit rocky, but I think that you can compare it as like a middle-class man's big three in Miami when they came out and they were terrible and they were like sub 500. And then all of a sudden they started blowing teams out and then they made like a playoff push. Uh, they're not going to go as far, obviously. Uh, yeah, that, fir- call them. that first like year a- in Miami, didn't they win like 24 straight games? Yeah, they, they just yeah. started just like destroying people once they started to play together. So like yeah. if, you, if you're talking about a comparison – I would say, like, a lesser version of that. They'll come out, they'll learn how to play together, and then they'll play teams in the East, they'll play lesser teams in the West, and they'll surprise some teams, and they'll just start blowing teams out. Uh, and they'll play well, and they'll and they'll they'll win some games. I think you know I think that that's a pretty good comparison. And it's um, a funny and it's a funny comparison too because I th- we've had like a couple conversations about it in yeah. you know how Simmons is so much like LeBron. He's got like the very like the selfless, um, you know playmaker mentality but he can he does it all he rebounds he scores he passes like he does he does everything and you know that's kind of the same way lebron is but we've also had the conversation about how i think that fultz is like the is the going to be the best version of Dwayne wade like with with a good jump shot because they have similar athletic profiles they're the same size i think uh fultz is probably a better pick and roll playmaker and a better shooter so his Mm -hmm. upside as Dwayne wade 2.0 2.0 like the evolved version is almost limitless and I'm, that's one of the reasons why i'm so excited about him like on, mm-hmm. on our first podcast we ever recorded our like preview podcast i you asked me who the guy was in the draft that we that we should get excited about or we should hope for and i said back then fultz was the guy he's the I guy know. he is the I was guy say that for later number one Dang it, like sorry sorry for blowing <laughs> for for uh, blowing up your spot there but Dang it. Like that's the guy I wanted number the number one pick for. I wanted Mark Fultz, and I have wanted him all along, and we have him, and that usually doesn't happen for me. So I am so excited for the Mark Fultz show this year when he is going to like just eviscerate people, and I can't wait. He's going to be so upset about the hype around Lonzo Ball, and that no one is talking about Mark Fultz, the number one pick in the draft, the number one pick of the draft. Nobody yeah. is talking about him, and he is going to be so mad about it. I can't wait. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. Like, Markel Fultz is, is super smooth. I love his game. Um, ben Simmons, the thing about Ben Simmons that, like, comparing him to, to LeBron now is, like, LeBron's developed a jump shot that it took him a long time to develop. So he he's still, LeBron mature. is still, like, a career 32% three-point shooter. I know, but he, but he, but you know, he's obviously become a better shooter. Oh, for sure. You have to respect it at least. Uh, Absolutely. So, like, the thing, the only things that Ben needs to do that LeBron had, the LeBron took a while to do, um, 
you know, uh, I guess he just has to mature and develop the jump shot. And, like, maturity comes with, like, it's, like, not basketball maturity. It's more along the lines of, like, of, like, the, the leader maturity. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like, being the, being the guy if he's going to be that talented. Uh, you know, because, uh, I mean, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but if he is going to be that talented, that's all he has to do and then develop a respectable jump shot, and he will be that good. And then you have Embiid who, I mean, if you're keeping that comparison alive, he would just eat Chris Bosh for, for dinner, like, consistently. That's the funny thing. If, like, if Joel Embiid is the guy that he looked like he was for 31 games last year, it doesn't matter if these guys reach their ceiling because exactly. healthy Joel Embiid is the best player in the NBA. That is like point blank period. That is what happens. Like yep. if if he stays healthy, there is nobody in the league who can touch him. Nobody. I don't care if you could say Carl Anthony Towns or you know Nikola Jokic or any all these other bigs who are very very talented players. Nobody will sniff Joel Embiid if he stays healthy. Because he is the guy. Joel Embiid is the guy. And Ben Simmons is the guy. And Fultz could be the guy. All of these guys could be... the If they have three guys of that caliber and they all reach their ceilings, they may play a whole season without losing a game. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. We have three, we have three guys. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, it's like... That's the thing is people love to... People love to hate the Sixers. Because uh, people love to hate Philly sports fans and Philly sports teams because it's a fun thing to do. I don't know if it's out of jealousy or the hate for the passion or whatever it is. But, uh, yep. but yeah. Um, one quick thing before we move to the NBA uh, uh, as a whole. Uh, the jerseys, though. What's your take on the jerseys? The home, away, got the 3D print, and then we got the, um, the association one. So what's, your, what's your take? I was at first I was a little you know trepidatious about the drop shadow because I like got these horrible like flat like horrible like wartime flashbacks to the 90s and having to watch you know Clarence Weatherspoon and Keith Van Horn and Vernon Maxwell and all these scrubs that just got toasted for like a decade um, and that was just a miserable experience. So I was not excited about it when I first saw it. And then I saw the uniform on and beat. And I was like, oh, everything's fine. It looks great. <laughs> so I was very, I'm very pleased with uh, how the, how the uniforms turned out. The, uh, the regular, you know, quote unquote, home and away, whatever they, whatever they're going to call them, the association mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, I'm less enthused about the red Jersey than I was because while it looks really nice, the cursive is like awkward and not like, it doesn't flow. They like messed up. <laughs> they messed up like the I and the X. So it kind of like makes me uncomfortable. I think I think the red isn't the red one the association jersey isn't that what it's called? Uh, I thought that that was like the icon jersey or something like that. I, icon, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. I thought the association was the away jersey or whatever. So look, there's too many different. Uh, there's two different. Too many different uh, names. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't appreciate it. Yeah. So let's see. The association and icon. Are the uh, the regular home and away jerseys? Yeah, I think so. And then uh, I guess so. I this is this is crazy to me. There's like 18 different names, and then they're coming out with a fourth one, right? Yeah. There's like a legend jersey or something. Yes. <clears throat> That's exciting. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. So there's the association, the icon of the home and away, and then there's. Um, 
yeah, they're calling them editions. There's the classic edition. That's the one that that's the red one. And then there's uh, there's well, there's going to be one more that they haven't. Yeah. So announced. the classic one. Yeah. Nice. I I don't know. I like the red one uh, just because I like the color red. Uh, I think it. I think it's cool. The cursive could be done a little bit better, but uh, yeah, kind it, of a fan it, of it. it's cool. It looks good, like on the players. Like it looked good on Simmons when they unveiled it. Right. I just think that like from. Like when I first looked at the pictures of the jerseys, my eyes were kind of getting a little, little sketched. But then I saw them on the players, and they, they look solid. I mean, you can't really like our color combos as a team are pretty solid, so you can't really go wrong. Yeah, with red, that, white, and blue always always looks good. It's all good. Exactly. Anyways, let's get into the NBA real quick. Got a couple things to go for. Uh, uh, we'll talk through a couple things, and then we'll get into the one big one. Uh, KD, um, he's a big. Uh, advocate for himself kd um, so is kd's wild man let me tell you that guy is living on the edge doing it doing whatever he wants everybody else on the warriors looked like they were having a blast in the offseason and he is just creating fake creating fake twitter profiles to defend himself and that's hilarious yo it's it is crazy but it also had me kind of worried for like his mental state for like a few seconds just because like i understand that like the happiest people and the richest people are like the saddest and stuff like that but like I don't know, like, I feel like you should, at that age that he's at and, like, the, the state that he's been and everything that he's done, like, you have to realize, like, that that's always come with that territory. Like, when you get to that point, you got to just, like, let it go, man. Like, like you sit there and play, beer, play drink beers and play video games. Well, then that's probably why you dropped a 3-1 series lead and had to go to the team that beat you. <laughs> You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I, I definitely strong, agree. Like, I, like, I've like i always been, like, Team Durant. Like, I, lo- I love Kevin Durant's game. I think he's, you know, you know he's, a, he's a top two player in the I NBA. Love I love it, too. And I wish, you know, that he was a happier guy because he just doesn't play the villain well. Like, he's try- like, and none of the Warriors do, which is why, which is the thing that annoys me so much about how they, you know, quote-unquote embrace pl- being villains. And none of them are good at it. Like, they just, like ham it up for cat for the camera and like act and like shit get all showy like but they're just they're just annoying like it's just not like fun it's not like if you're if you're a villain in a sports league you should be fun not like right. these like you know trying too hard to be bad guys like right like it's annoying spent most of your career like making people like you the only person that can play villain is Draymond. like he's the only one yeah and, and, then, and that's because like, he's like an actual villain like he like punches people in the junk and you know, kicks people in the junk and does all kinds of wild right. nonsense that you know has no place in the game. Um, and like Clay Thompson's everybody's favorite shooting guard, so like I don't understand like how he could be anybody's. But like Steph, like you love his family, his wife, his kids. Like nobody's yeah. gonna hate you, Steph. And then Kevin Durant, like like that. That's what I'm saying. Like I love the game he has. Like it's unbelievable. It's transcendent for basketball. He's so long, so strong. I mean, like for being so you know thin. Fast, you know, plays good defense, and uh, you know, but like I said, like, like you brought that on yourself. Like you, un- you have to understand what that means. Like, I am an adult. I understand that my decisions have consequences. I can look and look at a plan and be like, okay, well, if I do this, it's going to affect me this way because, blah blah blah. That's the way the world works. So like, I don't know. Like, I get that he's like upset about it, but like, I feel like. A few weeks from now, it's not. It's gonna be overblown. He's gonna be fine, uh, and I and I hope that's that's the case because um, I need him to be primed and ready for when the Sixers are ready to take them down in like two years. Yeah. So 
I need him to be on A1, so that way uh, Simmons can dunk on him and uh, just basically, like, you know, do the thing across the neck and just cancel the series. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and KD's body explodes into a million pieces. Exactly, and then yeah. just game over. Yeah. Uh, we don't condone real violence, only basketball, uh, you know, player yeah. on player violence on, um, on the basketball court. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick, uh, two other things. Uh the ESPN loves the Lakers. Um, everybody loves the Lakers, and uh, it's kind of annoying, uh, John. But uh, I feel like I feel like I don't really have much to say on it, just because I feel like it's going to be so sweet to see it come to fruition, where the Sixers are dominant uh, as a young team, and the Lakers are just horrible. And Lonzo does like one good thing, and it's all over ESPN, and uh, the Sixers' record just speaks for itself. I'd rather have a victory in that than anything else, to be honest. So I have an unpopular opinion about the Lakers. So I I don't think that the Lakers are going to be good as currently constituted because I don't think a whole lot of uh, Luke Walton at all. Um, I feel like everybody thinks he's got this you know great offensive system, but they were awful last year, and he doesn't have a good he doesn't have any offensive system. He like everything was built in Golden State by Steve Kerr, and you know whatever Luke Walton was was there for the ride, so. I don't think that they'll be good, but I want them to be good because I want that L.A. rivalry because the league is better when the Sixers and Lakers hate each other and they're both good and they're both really good teams. I like I love beat L.A. T-shirts and I love being at a Lakers Sixers game and hearing the fans all in unison chanting beat L.A. Like that is one of the most exciting environments to be in. And I want that back and I want it to matter. So I would like for the Lakers to be cut to be good. I would like Lonzo to be good, and like that for his dad to go away forever. Like I, I would like nothing more than for the Lakers to be good, but not as but not good enough to beat the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, I don't want them. I don't want them to be good at all. I want them always to suck, and I want the Lakers fans to stay in Golden State, where they all went to currently, and where they all are right now. Until uh, they all kind of like have the Golden State logos, but they're like, yeah, Lonzo, he's awesome. And then they're eventually going to come back over into L.A. once they're good. So I don't want them to come back. I want them to stay in Golden State. And then that way when they're both bad, they'll have no place to go. So they might go to, like, hopefully Seattle's back. The Kings. Just go to Seattle or something. The Sacramento right. Kings. Or, or, the, or the Clippers. The Clip joint. They'll have, they'll have no place to go. And I'll just be like, yo, just come over here to Philly. I mean, the games will be three hours earlier for you. But it's okay. You'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. But, yeah, no, uh, uh, the Lakers are lame. Uh, you hope they're good. That's fine. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, I like when the N- when the NFC East division is good. So that way the wins. The NFC more. East? Like, I like when the divisions are, like, when the players are good. Like, I like when everybody's healthy and stuff. Like, when we used to beat up on Romo, that was, like, my favorite thing. <laughs> uh, it was, like, one of my top, like, one of my top moments. Like, when we picked Romo off, like, when we blew them out, like, you can't, can't put a price on that. Type, those type of feelings, uh, so I guess I can I can definitely understand that. So um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, get into the uh, prospects because uh, I feel like this is the most important thing before we shut this first pod down. Uh, uh, the very first pod we ever did on the Six of Rev uh, podcast, John professed his love for Markel Fultz and he spoke Markel Fultz's uh, body into Sixers' existence. So now, John. Um, you have someone else you want to profess your love to, and I will. Uh, I will now open the floor for you to for you to do that. 
Yeah, so I don't have the same feelings that I had about last year because <laughs> in the draft last year, I thought that there was very clearly there was very clearly a guy that you know I wanted more than anybody else. This year, I feel like there are a lot of really really good, uh, a lot of really good players, and I think that they can all be impact players. Like I really like Marvin Bagley. I think he's really good. I I like Michael Porter. I like. Uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton, uh, I like a lot, I like, you know, a lot of guys that are coming out. A lot of the guys are not fits here, but my favorite guy in the draft is the guy who fits the best too. And Luka Doncic is my guy. Like, I, one of my launch, my other launch article was about Luka Doncic and it's just a love fest for that guy because he is so good and so advanced for being 18 years old, playing against grown men playing in the, in Eurobasket and taking it right at Chris House Porzingis, who is by all accounts one of the best young players in the NBA. And he's just driving into his chest and getting to the rim on him because he has no fear. And I want to build this ridiculous machine where the ball moves constantly, where there are five-plus passers on the court, and the Sixers are just an unstoppable offensive juggernaut that scores like 140 points a game. That's what. That's all I want. I don't think that that's too much to ask, even though it very clearly is too much to ask. But I want Luca so much. I like it. Like pains me physically that like how much I how much I want Luca Doncic in a Sixers uniform. I also like really love the the multicultural, um, the multicultural Sixers. What they have right now, they have guys from France and Cameroon and Australia and uh, Turkey and Croatia, and I would like to add. Luca to the list. Um, I just, I just, I just want him so bad. He's so good. He's like just can do everything. He's an incredibly intelligent player. He sees the game at an unreal level. He plays, sees it at a different speed than everybody else does, and processes the information really fast. And I would really Absolutely. like to have a Slovenian player. Absolutely, um, man. Like yeah. it would be, it would be nuts. It would yeah. be nuts, man. Like, you would have the, the global Sixers or the uh, flat earth Sixers, depending on your level of IQ, wherever, <laughs> wherever that lies, uh, your your type of uh, Sixers team there. But, uh, oh, man, just you taking, know, man. He's, taking he's, digs at Kyrie out here. <laughs> he's, uh, but, no, uh, Doncic is a, is a baller, uh, no doubt about that. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, it's funny. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, – breaking down of the of the prospects this year on the pod and on the website so you guys definitely be able to look for that but the main reason we're allowed to do that is because the Sixers have so many assets still it's unbelievable like the the pick swaps it's it's a crazy mess um uh you know if you have questions about it we can break it down it's pretty it's pretty simple uh really it's just uh you know if a pick doesn't convey this year from the Lakers uh we get it um, and then if the, the Sack Kings pick next year is number one, then we still keep it. So basically it looks like there's still so many ways that we can get the number one pick next year. Uh, well, there's really just one way, but uh, there's still a chance. So it's crazy that we're even in that position. But uh, That's the craziest out. thing to me about the Fultz trade is that they were able to trade up to the number one pick without the possibility of ever giving up a number one pick. They, they would never, there, there is no scenario where they have to give up the number one pick to the Celtics, which is incredible that they did that while moving up to number one. That's that's not fair, and I love Absol- 
Absolutely. Burn Boston it's, to the ground. This is the thing: is is people there was people that hate Hinky. There were people that hated Colangelo. There's some on both sides. Whatever. I am have been impressed with both. So I am. I love Hinky. Shouts out. Much respect. Like Colangelo has done nothing yet to piss me off, uh, which is the. That's best. not true. That's not true at all. You were so mad about the Noel trade. I understood so the mad. Noel trade, and you can and you can find the uh, the the slack argument to defend when I defended the trade. Yeah, but when it happened, you were screaming at me. I because it. I love Nerlens Noel. So did I. So did everybody. But I, but I understand why he <laughs> did it. There was nowhere to go. It was like Flip the flopper. guy who the guy who had his hand stuck. In the in the rock on that movie, what was that? The real true life story. One hundred twenty seven hours. He had no choice, bro. But to but to chop his arm off. Noel was gonna leave. What are you gonna do? Yep. You should have just offered him four years, sixteen million dollars, so he would have made the same that he made this year. (laughs) (laughs) Should have the same thing. He'd have been fine. No. uh, Shouts out to Nerlens. You misplayed the market. Your agents uh, dumb. Sorry about that, buddy. Um, But uh, but yeah. So. I mean, we're going to break it down. Uh, I'm a big Porter guy um, uh, just from watching the, uh, a few of the, the highlight videos. I'm not as uh, uh, apprehensive for the, for, the, uh, for the breakdowns as John is, as you can tell. Um, I hopped on Fultz's train uh, when John uh, got into the driver's seat and was like, yo, are you jumping on the train? I was like, heck yeah, let's do this. So we rode that thing, and it, and it worked out in our favor, man. It was awesome. Uh, so we're going to get into that as the season progresses. Um, but yeah, man, uh, there's a lot of exciting uh, teams to watch in the NBA this year. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a good a good season. We'll break break down the NBA more um, next week on the pod, um, as well as uh, looking forward to possibly having members of, of our uh, website on the pod, um, having other members of Philly Sports Media on our pod uh, cast, and uh, you know, getting your questions and things like that. So, uh, John, tell them how they can. Uh, Get in contact with us, man. Tell us, tell them how we can, uh, you know, talk to us. So, like we said before, the two best ways to reach us will be at uh, roundballrev at gmail.com and uh, at roundball underscore rev uh, on Twitter. And uh, you can also, we have co- a comment space on our website, uh, roundballrev.com, that you can drop any questions in as well. And we will try to answer as many, if not all of them. Uh, that we can. Heck yeah, that's it, man. And then uh, training camp starts today, the same day as the uh, website and podcast. Uh, coincidence? I think not. Um, and then we got preseason on the fourth of October, um, and the start of the season eighteenth against the Wizards. The actual season starts the seventeenth. Uh, John uh, knew that. Thanks, John, uh, for uh, for that info. And uh, you can always follow me at uh, at underscore Matthew Rosado. And you can follow John at John underscore McNish. Uh, we, are, we are always live on that Twitter uh, all day, every day. With yeah, the yeah we, love to, uh, we love to talk to people about basketball. So any questions you might have, feel free, drop them in. Um, even if you just want to yell at us and you think everything we say is dumb, I'll tell you why that's wrong and uh, you're wrong and everything you say is wrong. Um, <laughs> but th- but th- thanks for listening, guys. It's great to be back. Uh, our theme song is a custom number by tyler falcone at still tie uh, so feel free to tell him how great it is we appreciate that uh, very talented guy and get excited for the season go sixers trust the process